0: Welcome to episode 440 of the Sleeper in the Bus. It is Wednesday, March 22nd. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Sarris and Eno. Today is starting pitcher extravaganza. How excited are you?
1: Extravaganza! Za, za,
0: <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs>
1: Air horns! Air horns! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm super excited. We all know that starting pitchers have the highest variance year to year. The projections miss more on pitchers than they miss on hitters, and so that allows our brains to get ahead of the projections and try and figure out who's going to be better than the numbers say they will. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for – and I think that's why I still draft pitchers later because not only is there the injury part where they get hurt more and stay hurt longer, but there's also this this ability to possibly get ahead of the numbers and and figure something out before – uh before everyone else does
0: i think that's a great call and it's a reason that i regularly draft uh pitchers a little bit later as well you know i kind of jumped in with the crowd last year making sure i got one of those established aces of the uh you you know in quotes uh, of the 20 that we thought there were but this year obviously it's opened right back up where we probably have i don't know six lockdown studs another handful of what we would call fantasy aces which maybe aren't Bonafide, true frontline, uh, real life faces, but they're, they're damn close. And, and thus that makes them really good for fantasy. So let's just go ahead and start. Uh, we were blessed by the transaction gods. Nothing to really, uh, newsworthy that we have to dive into and talk about, especially, you know, we don't need to talk about Tim Anderson's extension. It was perfectly fine. Um, and then we, and the news is still up in the air on something like Jim that. Tim
1: Anderson got extensions? Can you believe it?
0: Oh He's going to have, his hair's like actually,
1: gonna be, Vanilli? no, like his Millie, hair's going to oh.
0: look a lot like John Jaso's
1: he, got, oh, he, those went, he nice. went for
0: that kind but his are fake so they won't smell as bad as John Jaso's oh, hey, oh. He, he got paid $25 million just to get the extensions so <laughs> I would get stupid hair for $25 million I have stupid I'd hair for free right off. now yeah I mean <laughs> I'll, do, I'll do whatever they want for that money uh, but anyway, hair. good on him um, JD Martinez still up in the air with his foot so nothing to really talk about so we can dive right in and let's talk about those lockdown studs because I have it with six Six of them out there, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, yes, even with the knuckle, Madison Bumgarner, uh, Noah Syndergaard, Chris Sale, and Corey Kluber. Do you agree with all six as lockdown studs, and and do you add any of the others from maybe that second tier that we're going to cover and you put them in that category? How do you feel about the lockdown studs?
1: Uh, I like them, but I still see so much risk that I – I don't feel like too sad that I never own these guys. I mean, there's there's always the Clayton Kershaw uh, you know, Asterisk, I guess. But I just haven't been able to pony up. But
0: but we have to like admit, you know, and I'm 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 with it on everything Kershaw. I I say that um, if you're going to take anyone that isn't Trout number one, it can only be Kershaw. I think everything else, you're, you're trying too hard personally. I mean, you can take whoever you want, but I think you're trying too hard if you go elsewhere. I think it's Kershaw or Trout. I think the numbers really back that up. Um, and I've obviously got him as a firm first rounder. But we can't pretend. You know, I, I think we're maybe glossing over a little bit as, as a community the fact that he only pitched 149 innings last year with the back.
1: You know, no, but it's still it's so hard. He still was worth $33. That's the crazy In thing. our end of season rankings, he was still the second best pitcher. So yeah, I mean there I do think that's actually worth pointing out though because you paid 40 plus for him. And you you played like top 5 pick. You got it's uh, you still got a star, so it's okay. But If you paid $30 for Madison Bumgarner, you got $30 out of Madison Bumgarner. Tell me this. So, I don't know.
0: If you could have changed the makeup of Kershaw's season and he throws 230 with 230 strikeouts, 18 wins, but has a 312 ERA, something he hasn't done Ever like uh, he hasn't been that high since 2008, but I'm going all the way like I'm going like, (laughs) hey, man, he got blown up twice in Arizona and once in Colorado. So he ended up with a 312 ERA and and a 101 whip. would that have been better than the 149 innings that we got because of the volume? Because when you're paying 40, I think even more than the performance, because like you said, it did rate second, so it's hard to really go crazy about Kershaw's season. But would you rather have the more volume performance where the ratios are a little bit worse, but that's still a heavy impact of a 312 ERA and a 102 whip uh, with 230 strikeouts? Would you rather have that or the the dream 149 innings that we got last year?
1: Well, I think you're kind of talking about Max Surtzer, who was – Worth thirty four dollars and was the number one pitcher with a two nine six, so not quite yeah. all the way. But actually, I think actually a fairer comparison would be the Max Scherzer because if you added in sort of fifty to sixty more innings of Kershaw's worst innings, great I think you would. I think you would actually get to about two ninety six. So I think you would get Scherzer. So uh, I guess in the end, you want Scherzer, but on a year to year level, especially with Scherzers. Uh, injuries right now. I think that, uh, Kershaw is the better bet. Noah's, Syndergaard's never done it. Madison Bumgarner is steady Eddie, but he's not necessarily, you know, going to do any better than he's done. I mean, he's, he's just not going to okay, give you a 10. Right? Because like, well, he almost gave you 10 strikeouts per 9 last year, but. Yeah. He's it's pretty, still, he's still an amazing pitcher. He's
0: pretty obscene. Like, you know, I, I, I clown him for some of his on-field stuff. But apart from that, which I don't take into the draft room, why don't people really get the warm and fuzzies about drafting this guy? Look at what he's, what he's been able to do. He's been sub three each of the last four years for 200 plus innings and it's been escalating 201, 217, 218, 227. The strikeouts are also escalating. Uh, the walks are, are up a little bit from one six to two one last year. Big. Big deal, really, because the whip difference from 101 to, to 102, 10 100, yeah, 101 to 102.8, so basically 103, that's not, it's just not really moving the needle that much, especially because it counterbalanced it with some ERA improvement. It, it is kind of weird, like he gets taken high, and, and so it's this weird thing where it's not like he's overlooked
1: or anything, Bumgarner. But he's never put in the conversation with Kershaw, and yet he's he's kind of at the end of season rankings, perennial top five guy. And if you want, if you want your innings with it, you're going to go with Madison Bumgarn over Clayton Kershaw. I think there's, uh, you know, there's the idea that we don't know when we're going to get the healthy season from either of them. Sure. Um, necessarily. Uh, but at the same time, like, would I rather have a guy that sometimes gives me 150 innings and is always excellent or a guy who's just a tick less excellent and always gives me 220? I think I'd rather go with Bumgarner, even if, I think maybe, is that what makes people nervous? That everyone's always talking about, you know, how much he's throwing, but. Yeah, that's
0: what, it, that's what it is now. And, and the, the, uh, the curveball, or I mean, excuse me, the breaking ball volume, uh, yeah. as if it, you know, but, and I get it, right? Because it's, it's upper 30%. It was 40, uh, near 40% for a couple of years. And that was actually something that I was off of him one year citing that, but it, I think he proves that not all, 35% uh, slider usages, uh, usage ratings are, are created equally because I don't think he puts the same stress on his arm as say Chris Archer does. Now maybe I'm Yeah, crap. crack. No, that's, a,
1: that's a great point. No, he does. I mean he throws, he calls it a cutter. Some of the systems call it a cutter. He tries to stay behind it and it's just a function of how close his fingers are together and where he, where he puts pressure on the ball. And, you know, the most recent research out of driveline baseball suggests that you know, the higher velocity pitches are the more stressful pitches. So maybe it's a good thing. It is a little bit weird that he was down to 91 last year from sort of perennially over, or like for two, at least two years in a row of 92. So that's that's not a great sign. But at the same time, he's lived at 91, you know, and done really well in the past. And uh, that might mean that it's less stressful on his arm than a guy who's throwing 95 with a wicked breaking ball. So, uh, I don't know. I think uh Bumgarner's fine. I think I'll probably pass on most of these guys sure. just because, um, you know, Syndergaard, I love him, but he had the forearm tightness. And Chris Sale, you know, Chris Sale falls at all because of Boston or, I you know, gar- the colonial injury. I he's risk.
0: going to because people see David Price and they're applying that to Sale as if they're the same thing just because they're lefties who are going to Fenway. And I don't see it. I don't see Fenway being this major problem for Sale. Yes, uh, he's going to have a few of singles and doubles go off the wall, right? Everyone does when they go there. But one of his weird things last year was a big spike in homers against lefties. In fact, um, he'd allowed, I think, three in his career prior to last year, and then he allowed five to lefties just last year. It was it was this weird thing. I actually wrote about it in his player cap, so maybe I can find the exact numbers. But it's something that crazy where you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, he he had allowed, and
1: not likely to continue. Really, I well, mean, and he, particularly he's gonna, he, in Fenway, the the arm slot he throws out of, yeah, and then the arm slot he throws out of is just death on lefties. So
0: yeah, so I I'm not. The, the, I I'm think not there so is concerned. a difference,
1: though. I don't really see, you know. What we have is Chris Sale coming out of a home run park and never really, maybe he got close a couple of years where he had almost the same kind of home run issues as David Price. But David Price had those home run issues in pitchers' parks for the most part. Mm-hmm. So Tampa Bay, I, think, Detroit. I don't think that they're necessarily uh, comparable. Well, and what, uh, you if, know, what if Price was Sale's next Sale's home run year. per fly ball is 11.2%. That's actually a little high. Uh, you know, considering that for five, four, f- five of those years, the average was 10%. So that was, I think, a Park factor situation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that necessarily Fenway plays the same way. At least Fenway depresses home runs by righties because the green monster turns home runs into doubles. steals
0: so. them absolutely. And, and, and it's hard to get it out there um in left uh, in right field for a lefty if you're not just ripping it down uh around the straight down the line yeah
1: yeah exactly because if you if you go into the power alleys there there's that sneaky little triangle that where it gets deep
0: that is pretty damn deep so uh okay so we're in agreement that those six are there kluber as well you're we're not ending up with many of them though are you looking at the fantasy aces the next group another six pack of jake arietta justin Verlander, johnny cueto Steven Strasberg, you, Darvish, and Jacob DeGrom. Do you think any of them belong in the next level? Uh, and do you agree with the six of them being at this level?
1: Yeah, I totally, they're, they're in, they have to be, they're, they're aces, they're, I think that I'm gonna be shopping the same place. To me, Johnny Cueto is Madison Bumgarner, functionally, yeah. Yeah. in a lot of ways, you know? Um guys that, you know, parentally do the 3ERA, um, maybe not have the strikeout rates of a Kershaw or Scherzer, but but you know, so many don't innings that, that it, cancels it. Yeah, that, that's exactly. another
0: thing we don't talk enough about as as an industry is that if you're logging that many innings, it'd be nice if you had that ridiculous strikeout rate. But if you're if you're clocking eight. 8-plus, uh, you're still going to be approaching 200 strikeouts. He had 198 last year, 176 the year before, but then 242, a big spike for Cueto back in 14. And so, you know, he's been a 200-plus inning guy for four out of the last five years. The other year was a big injury season, just 61 innings. But I think even uh, the health concerns over Cueto are a bit overblown. I see him as a as a bona fide ace as well. I agree with you. A little bit of a poor yep. man's uh, uh, bum who you get two rounds later.
1: You get Strasburg, who looks to me a lot like sort of Kershaw and Surtzer, and even Those These are the guys that I would put. I would actually put Strasburg in that foursome as guys who could win the Cy Young and have best pitcher in baseball stuff. Yep. And it's just a question of how many innings you're going to get. And I know, yes, I know why Steven Strasburg is lower, but he also costs less. So if I get Steven Strasburg in the third round, And have gotten two hitting studs in the meantime. And you get Kershaw in the first and are are picking a much lesser hitting stud in the third, where I do think there is a little bit of a drop off. I think there are probably, there is probably like a top 25 or top 30 hitters. You know, I listened to uh, a podcast that you did with Doug Thornburg and Sammy Reed earlier, and you guys were talking about picks in the sixth round and later, and you guys hated a lot of the bat guys in the sixth round. There's a drop off in bats in the sixth round. People are taking shots on random ass bats. I mean, you were talking about Byron Buxton and some other guys that, you know, where you're like, what are you doing? Because the sixth round, that, that must mean there's a talent drop off there and people don't want Justin Upton in the sixth round. So they're going to take Byron Buxton. So that was I that November draft. And um, yeah. yeah, there were
0: like, you know, and now even, now even flash forward a few years and it's Wilson Contreras and Alex Bregman. Um, and I like both of those guys, but that those are risky picks, right? A, a sixth round picks as two hitters one a catcher who have not done it, those are very yeah. risky picks over So the picks I'd rather of, I'd rather of, of, take
1: uh, my risk. Yeah, I'd rather take my risk in the in the in the pitching department where I just see risk everywhere I look. Um and if if Steven Strasburg to me, Steven Strasburg, Yu Darvish, and Jacob DeGrom are my, my aces. Yes. They're exactly. the guys I'm gonna pick, cause if they're healthy all year, they have ace-like stuff, they can win, I think Yu Darvish can win the Cy Young this year. I, I think Yu Darvish will win the Cy Young this year, so. Ooh, sounds like a bull
0: prediction uh, column right in itself. Yeah. <laughs> right on air. Uh, I wrote that one.
1: I mean, I, I've talked about how he's in the, in the Tommy John honeymoon, mm-hmm. so even if he's gonna have issues in the, in the future, it's probably not gonna be this year. Um, and he's also out of the command nightmare. I don't know. That's, that's I just used honeymoon. What's the opposite? Uh, whatever, divorce. <laughs> whatever. You know that command problem where you kind of have a little bit of command hiccup Yeah, when you when you, you, first, when come you back.
0: first come out. Yes, yes, yes. You're saying uh, he didn't
1: even really show it, but he's out of that. So I don't think that you you project you Darvish into like a four walks per nine situation. So I,
0: I agree, especially because. And they talked about this on, on the WBC broadcast the other night about, uh, the Japanese pitcher who was getting in these deep counts, but still getting out of it. Because once they get O two they, they wait, they try to get you to chase on pitches. Generally speaking, right? Obviously not every single, uh, pitcher that pitches over there, but that's something that Darvish was doing when he first got over here was, you know, just spiking that curveball three times on O two 2 hoping that the guys would flail at it. And of course, during a lot of outings, they do. But they don't always do that and yet, uh, he, he seems to be evolving to the game here and his walk rate's going down every year. 4, 2, 3, to. 4, 3, 1, 2, 8.
1: He knows how to, uh, get the borderline strikes a little bit better. Yep. He, he's probably, he's, he's upping his four seamer usage, which means probably it's sort of the Rick Porcello thing where he- the four seam in two strike counts and surprising people because they're looking for that uh, breaking ball and they're not expecting it. So absolutely, the, you know, and he's trying to bring the splitter back a little bit more this year. So if you add a splitter to curve and two sliders, I mean that's nah, that that's ridiculous. That, I think I fair. think all of his pitches. You could call all of his pitches out pitches. You could call all of his pitches top five pitches in each of their categories, I think. That's so, why it's
0: so hard to to ever quit Darvish, even though yeah. we only have one 200-inning season, and it was back in 2013. But I'm with you. I think he's right there as well. I think he and Strasburg are the ALNL version of one another where that ceiling is just so high. And, yeah, you're taking risk, but it's a calculated risk because the, because the payoff can be so, so, so rich. Um, I love Degrom too. He's one of the one of the biggest movers on my board right now.
1: Velocity up a little bit, right? At velocity I've heard, up. I've heard Everything or looking so. good. Everything yeah.
0: looking good in this return. And you know, BJ Mack, who did some work for us on on Mash uh, back last year, wrote when the ulnar nerve surgery happened, that this was not something that is likely to be a major problem and impede anything in his off-season regiment. Like everything should be, he called it situation normal. And that has played out to fruition for sure. Now we have to go through the season, but Something else could arise, but I don 't think it would disprove what b j said and he was suggest saying that the uh, the ulnar nerve surgery just does not cause major problems once that cleanup is done it's
1: it's not it's not it's not doing anything to the ligaments it 's not doing anything to the muscles it's like literally opening up and like moving something
0: yes exactly uh, Somebody in my Twitter feed said they 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 had similar thing, and what it was was before it gets done, it feels like your funny bone's been hit. Like twenty four hours a day, and then once it gets done, they're just there's like you said, moving the the, the whatever the owner nerve out of that way of of problem to make it so you don't feel like you're getting hit in the funny bone twenty four. Yeah, right. That sounds like the most awful thing in the world, by the way. And I explained right. it horribly, but the point is, Degrom is back. Uh, I feel very confident saying that And I'm very excited to roster him He's definitely a fantasy ace for me So we like that group We gotta go to the twos These guys are very confidently being rostered as, as, as number twos. If you can get one of the fantasy aces or, or you have a lockdown stud and you come back into this pool, you're starting off your, your rotation very nicely. So I'm going to ask you to pick two of your favorites because we cannot talk about this whole list. This podcast will be 12 hours.
1: I know, I know. I think it might actually be used more useful because I like this list and I think Getting a DeGrom plus one of these guys is just as good as getting a, a Kershaw because your second pitcher is going to be way better than somebody else's second pitcher. Because they're going to wait I'd, so long. Uh, yeah, and I think I'd rather tell uh, people the, the, the two that I'm going to pass on. Okay, let's, let's do, do that. The, so let me list them I,
0: first. Let me list them. Okay. Carlos Carrasco, Carlos Martinez, Cole Hamels, Masahiro Tanaka, Kenta Maeda, Zach Granke, Aaron Sanchez, Jose Quintana, Julio Teron, and Rick Porcello.
1: It's a little bit unfair because they're a little bit lower, but Aaron Sanchez and Rick Pacello are, are misses for me. Okay. I'm, I'm out on them. Sanchez hasn't shown the third pitch. He had his strikeout rate dipped in half second time, third time through the order. I, I'm not uh, a big Verducci guy. So I'm not saying that he's going to, that he's going to be hurt this year. What I'm saying is he's going to be hurt by more volume, seeing people more and having just those two pitches. And I think people are going to find, yes, they are elite. There's one elite pitch. He has one elite pitch. And I think that Yes. And I think that either people will wait him out and get him into bad counts or attack it early or or just take an oppo approach where they just try to they just try to go oppo ground ball and get that ball and play off him. I don't know what it is, but I don't think that he's necessarily worth and especially on top of that, a lot of people have innings limits and I sort of go with that as a as a personal way of looking at things. In their league game. Yeah, I think okay. of like a 12- or 15 team league where you have innings limits. And if you have innings limits, and even if you do get 220 innings out of them with a 7K9, that's something that you'll have to make up with either other starting it pitchers. It almost hurts you. It yeah. hurts, yeah. It, it and I don't hurts don't think. You. I don't think Purcell is going to keep up the same strikeout rate. It just doesn't really fit with his um, – it doesn't necessarily fit with his, his swinging strike rate. And I know that he found a better mix between his four-seam and two-seam. But I just don't see that being enough of a reason to believe his low batting average on balls in play and, and certain other stuff. So I don't think he's going to be bad. I just think that you're buying a three on two prices, basically. If he falls to a three price, then, then buy, then buy away. But he's, he's not, he's not Jose Quintana. He doesn't have like, you know, that awesome curveball and awesome command. He's not, you know, I mean, maybe Zach Granke is a miss for me too, because the velocity reports haven't been great, but, I trust Grinky's command and Slider a little bit more than I trust Porcello's pitches. So
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Let me ask you a couple questions about some guys related to this tier. Uh any concerns on Carlos Carrasco? He had the little uh, I mean, skip start. Um yeah. I think he's been back. Actually, let me see. There's there's news. Oh, is he's that, throwing, I think. Yeah, the latest news is that he pitched in a minors game on Monday. Nothing on that.
1: That's good to see. That's a way that's a really good sign I think because it's didn't. It wasn't as big a deal as David Price. Yes. In clearly. terms of how people acted about it, and what and what people were like, the questions reporters were asking, and the way the team was talking about it, and um, you know, he didn't go for an MRI. It was just sort of like he's tender. We're going to step back a little bit. And then uh, on top of that, um, you know, he's he's always good for this in a given season anyway. So you weren't going to give him two hundred innings necessarily. Exactly. Um, so I'd, I – and then and then on top of that, David Price is still sitting, whereas oh. Carlos Carrasco is throwing.
0: Yeah, Price – the news does not seem great there, and we're actually going to get to him in a little bit because uh, he's fallen down a good bit. Uh, he'll be in the next group here. But when you I go-
1: gave me the rundown, and I still did it. That's, I'm no, sorry. no, no.
0: That's all right. You, you didn't talk about him. You just, <laughs> you just mentioned it. That's totally fine. Um, Masahiro Tanaka – I smack myself every time I, I even look at spring numbers. But sometimes they, they they find me. They seek me out. And I end <laughs> up learning that Masahiro Tanaka has 18 and two-thirds shutout innings with 22 strikeouts and three walks.
1: Oh, um, we never really – I've watched some of it, and he still hangs that slider every once in a while. So and he's I, the same I don't guy. Think in, yeah, I don't think in spring – I saw him throw a fat slider that Jose Bautista would have taken deep. Okay. Um, That's fair. And he and he just didn't it didn't get taken deep. I, I, but I mean, it's good that he's feeling good. It's sort of like Greg Bird. Greg Bird is smacking the ball. Do I think Greg Bird is going to hit thirty five homers this year? You do. Not as, me. No, you texted but, okay. me fifty homers I, this year. Maybe. maybe book put my life
0: on it is what you said. Maybe.
1: Maybe privately. But yeah, yeah. You know, not publicly. <laughs> publicly, I'm not saying thirty five. So, but what I do like is. The, the shoulder's gotta be healthy if he's hitting homers now, right? Exactly. It's like, I don't care who they're you can off of. sort of take that risk off. So, Tanaka, I'm not saying that he, he can't get hurt over the course of this year, but at least he's not. If you had Tanaka doing the Carrasco right now, I'd be worried. You're scared. I, I totally You agree already there. have that, you already have like a, a, a slight tear, and you know, you have that injury history. But Tanaka looks good. Uh, I'd feel really good with a Tanaka-DeGrom combination, and I think, you know, if you want to do that, then you're getting sort of two in a tier. I think the tier ends around uh Quintana maybe, uh, you know, there's like 14, 15. There's still still two guys. So if you can get two out of that, if you can get two or three hitters and then get two pitchers, that's I think an amazing approach. I think I would I would love that.
0: All right. This next topic, this next next section is a little bit free form. Need you to pull up the NFBC starting pitcher uh average draft position. And we're looking outside the top thirty among the starters, and I'm asking you for two guys you think can make it into the top fifteen this year.
1: And just- well, I was very negative on Matt Harvey at ninety-one, ninety-two. Mm-hmm. I will. I wrote a whole piece about how he can't. He's not going to make it at ninety-one, ninety-two. There's there was some caveats to the piece because I showed his command and compared it to Clayton Kershaw, who a Kershaw's amazing. And and so that's like comparing to the very best. And B, I was comparing Harvey's command in a year where he was having trouble feeling the ball because he that was what the thoracic outlet surgery was supposed to correct. Exactly. So uh, I did look back at Harvey's command the year before, and it wasn't as bad. So maybe Harvey could get by. But I just don't. You know, Harvey coming up. Didn't have excellent command numbers, and I don't think anybody was like, this guy is going to have excellent command. I think when he came up, they were like, holy crap, he's sitting 95. It was crazy because
0: <laughs> he was not supposed to be necessarily a super ace. He was supposed right. to be just a, like a, a strong. People don't remember.
1: Yeah, people don't remember that. But you know, coming up, it was sort of some question about how good he'd be.
0: Some dork who writes who uh, used to write starting pitcher guide was really high on him though, so he might have gotten that one a little bit right. I don't know. Just saw him one time and thought it was awesome. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, is that one of your guys? Do you, do you um,
1: well, can... I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Okay. I mean, um, to me, uh, then he had a, he did have an outing where he was back up to ninety three, but that's that's still down from ninety four last still year. Still down
0: a good bit, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, I'm not I and I and I just have this sense with him. That it's it's not Cashner, but it's like I, I have the sense with him that the secondary stuff is not as good as we thought, and that all of it looks better because it plays off of ninety five, ninety six, and that you know the whole thing won't look as nice at ninety three. Well, that's so,
0: that's something that is overlooked. I completely agree with you. How much impact having a ninety six mile per hour fastball that you can actually command uh Will yes. do for you, and and it will. It is it is the the what is it? Rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing. Where that especially when it's that pitch. If you have an amazing changeup or splitter, it's great. It's helpful, and it, it it can certainly carry you. But when it's a great elite fastball with velocity, it just makes every like especially because they got to sit on it. They are looking to catch up to it, and then you're just keeping them off balance with slider, curveball, change. So that that makes sense with with regards to Harvey. Okay, you don't think he can get top 15 though. How are you reacting to him in general?
1: Uh, this is Harvey?
0: Yes. Uh, are, are, are you looking to roster, like with your, with your DeGrom? Uh,
1: I'm not, just, I'm not selling in dynasties. I'm not selling in keepers. It's too much upside there to try and get out of it. I did sell, for example, a guy like Dallas Keuchel this offseason. That's selling low. But I sold him because I just didn't think that he had the same ceiling that other people thought. So they're buying low, but I'm selling higher than I. Th- you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like I'm, I don't think that he has that they ceiling. They think they're
0: buying super low. Yeah. You think they're buying just kind of
1: low? Right. Exactly. So uh, I did do that, but I'm not selling out of Matt Harvey because it's a little boom or bust, and I'd rather just uh, hope for the boom. Uh, you know, the guys that I would rather have on this list that you've got here. Well, no, wait,
0: wait, wait. I think, I think we're misunderstood on, on where we are. You're looking at the injury risk upside guys. I'm asking, I didn't make a list for this. This is just anybody Uh, outside of the uh, top 30 who you think can bounce into the top 15, who, who can surge into the top 15, really.
1: Ah, ah, so let me get that, uh, NFNBC. Yeah, from the, what, from the which NF-NBC. one do you use? Do you do as the, the or?
0: I, I g-chatted I g- you the, the link there.
1: Oh, look at this. All I sorts just, of just different pop multimedia pop going that. on. Yeah, yeah, I could
0: put it in the Skype. Yeah, I guess that would be
1: easier. Boom. Here we go. All right. So yeah, so. look,
0: look, 30 and beyond. Rich Hill is number 30. Um, and so anywhere from Felix Hernandez on, two guys you think can actually zip all the okay. way up to top 50.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's gonna come. One of them's gonna come out of that injury list. It's Lance McCullers. He's got the stuff. He's refining the changeup. He started throwing the two-seamer, which he can throw in the zone at with with um, on zero zero to to open up an at bat. And if you can throw that, it's almost like Danny Duffy. Danny Duffy started throwing that two-seamer into the middle of the zone, and that's when his walk rate went down, and that's when everything sort of came together. So I think Lance McCullers has the same sort of thing where all the stuff looks great by movement, and if you can trust just thrown to the middle of the zone with that two seamer um and then the the health i think he could be you know he's sigh worthy too like he's a guy who has the stuff and I, I it's kind of funny we look we look at his spring stuff and we don't you don't want to look at the results too much but what i do see is eight innings not great not great bob because you know great, bob because he's not uh he's not that's not volume other exactly. other guys are ahead of him but 14 striker
0: yeah, the 14 K's is huge and only two walks. I think the yeah, two just, walks is actually almost more important yeah. to me, uh, for, for the way, because McCullers, that's like the one thing he can get in a little bit too much of walk trouble. And it's great because he, they, they don't really square him up. He, he doesn't give up a lot of hits, uh, in the regular season. And he's actually just kind of traded that here in these eight and two thirds. He's allowed nine hits, but I would rather some hits going through because we have no idea what kind of hits those are. It's limited info on the MLB side in terms of spring training. So, I look at strikeout to walk ratio. That's about the yeah. only thing I ever look at and really say, hmm. Even, I, even I for the hitters,
1: that. even for the hitters, it's a decent one. Yep. I mean, it's it's the very it's it's per plate appearance, bigger sample. That's all nice. And it's the, clear, um, the
0: core of baseball, you know, striking out and 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 knowing what. Not necessarily walking has to be the biggest key, but knowing the knowing the the plate uh, and the zone is very important. So I like what McCullers is doing. I agree with you uh, that he can definitely spike up there. He He's a pick for me there as well. Who else you see? So, I'm sure it's hard to narrow down to just two, but I know, give me another I know. good one you really like. i
1: looking at guys I love. Well, I, I'm going to I'm gonna pass on talking about Vince Velasquez, uh because I think he's too much like a colorist. It's just a okay. similar situation. And if I was really going to – we talked about sort of pairing wrists and pairing different types of risks. I wouldn't – I don't think I'd really go in the colors and Velasquez on the same staff because – there's you know a way greater than non-zero chance that you get like a hundred innings combined. So yeah, I think you're I, I just for think was, there. Yeah, but I but like pair a guy like McCullers with a guy like Rodon on the other hand, and I think that'd be very interesting because I don't think Rodon has the same injury risk, and he hasn't you know he hasn't been having these injuries. He's a little bit slower in camp this year, but it's not. Uh, not like McCullers, where he's been shut down. Well, keep so, in mind
0: it's a long camp too, so maybe they are purposefully with these young guys saying, "Hey, oh, it, we're going to." It, it, it seems like down it a
1: was for sure. Yeah, I mean they've talked about it from the very beginning that this is no big deal. They, just, they planned it all along, so you know don't don't know exactly what's going on there. But I love Carlos Redon's stuff. The changeup has great movement. The slider is otherworldly. He has everything he needs. He's a, a lefty Lance McCullers without the injury risk. Uh, in terms of you know a little bit of command issue. Big dude too. Um, like looks,
0: looks the part. Like everything. I mean, we've talked a bit about Rodon uh, this off season already, so I'm I'm right there with you on Rodon as well. These are these are two guys I can completely so see.
1: Who, who are your two that you that I haven't mentioned?
0: So yeah, for that that you haven't mentioned. I'm obviously going to go James Paxton. I've been mm-hmm. you know right there with 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 the crowd on on. Propping him up, don't know that I really need to go too deep into it, but I love the spike in velocity and command. You just don't see, you just don't see a jump like that. It's so impressive. He does need to stay healthy. That that's the big hurdle here, and we're not dealing with a total young pup. But I almost like that more that he is going to be going into his age twenty eight season. He's been around the block now a few times. It's time to make it all the way around the block and give us you know (laughs) one hundred and ninety innings at least, if not spike all the way up to two hundred. But let's. uh,
1: I'm a little worried that the helium is. I mean, it's 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 getting pretty ridiculous. I think.
0: pick the lowest he's gone is pick 109 and I think that that's pushing it and I like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm as big a backer as you can find out there but I think that that's just a little aggressive AL,
1: L, AL Labor this is when I, I was I sort of my eyebrows went up um, AL Labor I was I had him in my oh I hope I get him for like 12-13 where I got Cotton and Fulmer mm-hmm. he went for 16 which you know value say 14-16 that's fine that's still sleeper level But, you know, at the $16 level, Gaussman went for 17, Tanaka went for 17, Duffy went for 17, so those are all guys where I think I just put the extra dollar on and they've done something
0: more too than, than than what Paxton has done. I mean, Paxton, I think his buck 20 last year was his career high. And, you know, you you look at that and let's, it's a a little bit nerve-wracking that that that's all that's always had but again look he's on the injury nexus we're hoping that this is the year that he actually piles up the innings you actually mentioned my other one and we're going a little bit chalk here but these are the guys we like and if you haven't heard us uh you know announce that that these are our guys here gossman is of course the one so i'm 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 staying staying on brand with paxton and gossman here Mm -hmm. interestingly enough we gave four american leaguers and it's so funny because Jason and I always feel like we take too many American Leaguers because obviously there is a league difference. Um, it has shrunk, but it, it, it's a difference. Being getting able to just just the DH versus pitcher alone is a difference. And I know the AL East is is no no picnic, but I just I love Gossman, and I think he is still just so close to really emerging. Um, you know need, needs to needs to figure it out a little bit more. The sequencing issue uh, is a problem, and 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 having having all three pitches on a given day. Is definitely an issue for Gossman, um, but again, looks the part, has shown the flashes of greatness, has has the. Uh, and when I say looks the part, I don't just mean how he physically looks. I'm talking about from his metrics. You know, the swinging strike rates there, the strikeout rate. He doesn't walk guys. Maybe trade a few walks for homers there. Put a few extra guys on and don't allow as many homers, and I'd be happy with that. But I still think that there's a big spike coming for him. The other guy that I consider, I won't go too deeply into, is Steven Matz. And so basically, I still love that Mets. I'd put
1: Matz in that McCullers Velasquez category. Yeah, yeah Where it's not really a question. I don't think it's really a question of talent. You I know? agree. It's uh, and those are great. I think those are great guys to buy because I think we know less about injury than we think we know. I fully and agree there. If Matt's is if and also we just don't I, I was saying today I was playing ball today and I was just saying like the biggest source of luck in any league we were talking about the Warriors but the biggest source of luck in real life or fantasy in any league is is injury and is especially if you think of the real life leagues it's sort of like head head to head because of the playoffs mm-hmm. then there's a really big deal it's like well the Warriors are the best team in basketball but you know who's going to be healthy.
0: Exactly. When the playoffs come. That's more so, like, even at the highest end of that is football. It is completely a war of attrition. Teams losing guys left and right. And it's like, who's last man standing? Maybe they weren't the best team. Now it happened to be that... Patriots won this year, and, and I think that's pretty uh, – you, you can easily say that they were the best team, but there are instances where it's like well, they were kind of like the third or fourth best team, but they had <laughs> most of their, their top 22 guys, offense and defense, uh, at the end of the year, and that's why they were able to win. And I think we see it across all sports. It's just – it's kind of a sliding scale in terms of how much that happens. Because even in baseball, you know, one guy isn't going to kill you, but if you start piling them up and you get three, four, five injuries to your your top twenty-five uh, guys that you really wanted to to, to work with, you, you just you're going to really be uh, hamstrung there unless you just have obscene depth in the in the farm system, like a Cubs, um, you know, or Boston. But not every team has that, so I, I think it is always a war of attrition, and it does happen in fantasy too, especially the deeper leagues you get. If you start doing twenty-team leagues and you lose. Two of your top five picks to you know for four to five months, unless you've got super lucky or or smart, you know you can make some great middle picks. But unless they popped, there's just no way you're gonna win.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's good to like pair pair these guys. I mean, I th- I think I think every staff should have a guy that it depends on where you want to take it, right? But I think that every staff should have a McCullers or Matt's uh, type on it and maybe you don't want maybe you don't want to take it early maybe you want to take it later even maybe his name is adam wainwright i mean that's it's it's actually sort of a similar thing if adam wainwright is feels fully healthy or joe ross you know later on then you can like these joe are ross. It, these are injury it, risk it's, guys it's If funny Joe Ross is healthy all year he should be okay
0: it's funny you mentioned ross because in in a group we're going to get to in a moment um he's mentioned with gossman and paxton and mats and Rodon. literally four of the guys that we just talked about because i think that he's and he's a little bit overlooked right now i don't think i don't see joe ross getting a whole lot of run but that dude that dude has shown uh some some awesomeness and i think he's a lot like his brother who you know you might have a bad memory of him right now because he's basically been out for a whole year but tyson ross at his peak is is a stud and i think joe ross is every bit as good so i'm certainly intrigued by him
1: throwing a curve now his brother never did and uh trying to perfect that curve and throw the change up through even though the change was not great, he's throwing it more than his brother ever did, and he that's can be still Tyson
0: two exactly and exactly. He can yeah. kind of refine the the areas of opportunity that Tyson had to become even better. So I, I'm with you on Joe Ross. I like him. Uh, let's talk injury risk upside guys, and and we've we've covered a few I think Matt sort Harvey of
1: murdered murdered this, group. <laughs> yeah. We, but there's a few left,
0: and and so we're going to talk about Garrett Cole, Danny Salazar, and Rich Hill, and Price, Harvey, Velasquez, um, and Aaron Nola uh, are in there as well. But I want to focus on Cole Salazar Hill. They're obviously different because one's super old the other two are, are young. Um, Cole's done it. Cole's had the 200-inning beast season. Salazar hasn't quite yet. Rich Hill has no idea what 200 innings looks like. Um, of those three, who are you most likely to roster? Cole, Salazar, Hill.
1: Well, uh, I like the fact that Salazar has thrown 20 innings this spring. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty funny 20 innings because he has 28 strikeouts and 12 walks, which is... Uh, not not ideal. But
0: only one homer. but uh
1: yeah, oh, that is nice. fewer dick shots, maybe. So yeah. we got Salazar for me is the easy one, and okay. he's dropping. I guess Cole is really uh maybe one of the biggest droppers too, if you've got the ADP here. We've got Cole, Salazar, and Hill. Let's see they're here. Twenty-seven Cole,
0: twenty-eight or twenty-nine Salazar, and thirty Hill, and they all go. Between, oh, they're
1: right there each other. Yeah, but one I, eleven
0: I, and one thirty about.
1: I could take I I would take any one of them and I think that's why they're together and um you know so the picks are in that sort of eighth round. Porcello's
0: in between them, by the way, which is interesting because he's kind of the the direct opposite. And yeah, it's it's the seventh eighth
1: round area. Eighth round, yeah, yeah. So if I if I'm in the seventh and all three of those guys are there, I wait to the eighth and and see who's there. But I would prefer one of Cole and Salazar just because they're younger and I do think that. One of the major inputs into, into injury is, is youth. I mean, it's just talking about, you know, quantity of fastballs thrown if, if fastballs are the, are the ones that are, are doing da- damage. So, uh, and I, and I, uh, I don't see enough to separate Salazar and Core because what I like about Salazar is that if he is healthy, he's going to be better in terms of value because he's going to give me more strikeouts.
0: Yes. And, and we,
1: Cole hasn't really gotten to haven't that. We have seen
0: it. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's there in spurts and you see the stuff that should yield like an 11 strikeouts per nine rate but he hasn't really done it and and so at some point we got to stop projecting that on him um until he actually does it so i I totally get you with that on cole and then hill is a guy that if you don't have you know two innings studs in those first two slots then you can't really draft hill you just can't you know if you've got if you've got Vince Velasquez and, Alaska and as the Lance McCullers, you cannot. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, you, you just can't. You know, if you've got, uh, DeGrom and, and Kluber, and, you know, Porcello and, and DeGrom, you know, what, what, whatever, you guys know, the ones that, that where the innings are, are pretty close to guaranteed uh for 190 plus and you have two of them then you take rich hill to supplement you know a jose quintana rich hill combo is actually really nice when you think about it because the strikeout rate for hill even if it is only 120 innings will, will kind of help prop up quintana's solid but unspectacular strikeout rates so i think you definitely have to pair him i'm with you i want one of those other two instead um are you, are you taking price anywhere i mean his, his price his cost is just is just tanking right now it hasn't shown up fully in the adp yet because he's only down to 15 um and pick 61 overall but he but his his max pick is 168 right now which would put him around uh lance mccullers and and james paxton and so now he's in that range and if all three of those are guys are guys
1: who are pitching Yeah. Uh, Guys who are currently pitching. Exactly. (laughs) If he's
0: if he's there and it's McCullers, Paxton and Price, you taking McCullers over price? Yes. Yeah, and I'm actually taking both too.
1: I just I just I can't I can't take a guy who's currently hurt.
0: (laughs) Not a pitcher. Like I'll take I'm gonna take some Ian Desmond shares still. Um,
1: yeah, I guess because it's like—is uh is it gonna fundamentally – Well, it could fundamentally it could, it alter, could with, but, his, with
0: his hand, but uh, it, it's just a little. It, obviously, it's injury dependent too.
1: But it's also less likely. Like Ian Desmond is less likely to be out for the year. Exactly. I think if you're doing percentages, like he
0: might suck when he gets back, but he's he's almost certainly gonna play. Right, this is something that we've All seen right. happen to guys. They do come back in this X amount of time. Yeah. He, he might miss the first two months, right? He might only be four months. And again, he might struggle when he gets back. But I feel comfortable that it's not going to come back and say, well, something happened. And now Ian Desmond is done for 2017. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you there. And if that happens with David Price, nobody's going to say, wow, I'm so surprised. They're going to say, well, no crap, dude. So right. I, I'm with you. I'm pretty much passing on him. I've got him on a, uh, at a point <laughs> on my board where I probably just won't take him.
1: Let's. I'm going to try and describe a situation in which I take David Price. Okay. Okay, I, let's see here, okay, I took, okay, all right, so I'm, I'm trying to describe like an actual situation where this could happen, and I often get guys from sort of 10 to 15 in terms of uh, 10th rank to 15th rank, we talked about this already, so uh, those are the guys I'm going to get as my ace, so let's say I got Johnny Cueto as my ace, maybe he just fell, he fell too far. And I like Johnny Cueto enough, and I just, I took a, a volume guy who's been healthy. Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto's my ace. And then I waited a little bit, and my second pitcher is Jose Quintana.
0: Okay.
1: That would mean that I got, uh, I got maybe a little bit lower upside guys, but, uh, but healthy in these guys. That means I got the 10th, and according to NFBC, 10th and 25th guy. That, that's missing maybe, like, to win, I don't think you win with the guy you bought for 10th and he is 10th and you bought for 25th and you and he is 25th right you kind of need that i the guy you bought for 50th that ended up 10th yes. you know, <laughs> like this they're, they're missing the ceiling that that kind of you you paid price for two two veterans then okay then around i think Jameson and Ty on marcus stroman level 40 um, i would go it would be kind of hard because Steven Matz is right there too and Lance McCullers. Uh, so uh, maybe if I got to like pass – maybe Matz and McCullers went and I'm at 45 and I'm looking for my third pitcher. I would rather take David Price over Matt Moore at that point. I'd I, rather take – yeah, right?
0: Yeah, no, I fully agree there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm If like, it's like I like more, Moore, but I'm cooling Jay on
1: Happ, bit. you're looking at Jay Happ, Matt Moore, Jeff Samarja, you know, you could take that or you could take David Price or or – I guess here's the would-you-rather because this guy has a lot of upside uh, and, and is going behind Lance McCullers. And get off of my lap, cat. Jesus. Uh, okay, would-you-rather. I'm going to do the would-you-rather, and the would-you-rather is going to be Robbie Ray, 56.
0: Ooh. You know, I'm just not a huge uh, Ray David guy. Ray.
1: David Price. I
0: think I'm going to take the Price gamble.
1: Would you take Carlos Rodon over David Price? I, I, would. So. I would.
0: I would. I thought that's who you were going to say first, and I would take Yeah. It.
1: That's all, They're in the 50 to 55 sort of level. Yeah, Vince Velasquez is right there. Oh, man, I like Vel- Velasquez is in the National League. And if you're talking about an injury risk, I mean, they're both injury risks at this point. Velasquez might be great. He's pitching right now. I don't know. It's I tough. think I might take Velasquez. I think I'd take Rodon. I think I would take uh Price over Ray. Okay, so yeah,
0: it. yeah, I think, I think, I think we are aligned there. So and it's price
1: a, sort of a a sixty guy right now. Fifty. It, it could happen there too. Ish.
0: So we might think that we have them so far that we're not going to get them. Be open minded. Don't just shut it out and then get surprised when it happens.
1: Because you could pick Vince Laska's hair and he could get surgery. So it's like, exactly. it's like at that point, you're, 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 you're talking about your balance between upside and, and, and floor and ceiling so basically.
0: Map out a scenario similar to Eno's where you think you might want to take him and then be be cognizant if that comes to fruition in your draft i think that's a, that's a great exercise to go through uh let's move to our next category the last year's hype these guys were awesome last year a lot of them rose uh you know from the depths uh some no none really from the ashes although kind of jameson tyon i mean who who knew what he was going to do for two seasons off but it's danny duffy aaron sanchez who we've already discussed kyle Hendricks, and Jamison tyon you've already talked about how you feel about sanchez how do you feel Duffy, Hendricks, and Tyon follow up? Quick thought on each, uh, each of those three.
1: Well, I watched a Tyon start very closely because he's going from a four scene change up grip to a two scene change up grip. To match and his, a, his actual To match, pitch. like going to a two seam or more, yeah. And so I, uh, I wanted to check it out. He's 88 with the new change up and it doesn't look like it has a lot of fade. I mean, it looks like a straight changeup still. It's, a, I mean, it, it, has got a little bit of drop. I mean, you can tell it's a changeup and not a sinker, right? Like, it's not as crisp. It's 88. It, it, it kind of drops a little. And I don't think I saw a hitter, you know, spank it. But at the same time, and that's probably because they're sitting on 94 or that curveball and they, they can't, they don't have enough mind space to really, you know, also think about a changeup. But at the same time, I don't think that this, that changeup's going to be the piece, you know? So uh I see him a little bit like Sanchez where I think he's actually a lot like Sanchez. Really good curveball, really good sinker, yeah, decent velocity. Yeah, they are yeah. a great comparison. And some injury risk and um I just I I don't I see that I don't see that um uh, being an ace. Right. I, I I
0: I imagine I, you prefer Tyon though because he's going 13 pitchers later uh and about 50 picks later. So would you actually yeah be interested in Tyone as opposed to Sanchez who he feels a little bit overpriced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's then- and
1: that's and that's baking in the fact that I don't think he'll necessarily be uh, an ace. Uh so, you know, I I think that's an interesting distinction to make. It's like I don't think he'll be an ace, but at his price I like him better than Aaron Sanchez who, you know, some people are are are, are taking as an ace so any
0: concerns on Danny Duffy's velocity it it, it dropped throughout September you know throughout the uh August and September last year and his effectiveness kind of went down with it and now this year it's at 93 which you know nothing to sneeze at from the left side but certainly not that 95 96 that made him so intriguing last year when when he transitioned to the rotation and was really awesome so how are you feeling about Danny Duffy right now
1: oh well, it's interesting actually I I by accident picked up uh 2017 as the as the my brooks query and i think he's actually sitting 92 uh, brooks has him at 93 and we normally just take about a mile off because they measure it from somewhere different so oh, okay um so i think he's he's kind of 92-ish that's interesting he still has a lot of rise on the fastball and he kind of has that rare combo like hap and Greinke and a couple other guys where they have a, a two-seamer that looks like it has blah movement by itself. But when you compare it to the four-seamer they have as well, it's a really good combo, actually. Uh, five inches of fade difference between Duffy's sinker and his four-seam. So that's a pretty big difference, and the changeup actually has good movement beyond that. Uh, and we all know about a slider, which might be a curveball. So you know i think uh I think there's enough still there because the the velocity even ninety two for a lefty is still pretty good, and um you know i don't I think a big part of why he was good last year is not just necessarily the velocity but the trusting the two seamer enough to cut the walks mm
0: hmm i, I think, you know I think that's completely fair on Duffy. I really liked um uh, what he was able to do last year. home runs were a little bit of an issue, but if but if he gets that in 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 order uh and can cut those down now maybe the velocity will preclude him from doing that but i still really like duffy i i'm keeping an eye on it i have moved him down just a little bit because it you know going from going from 95 96 to to 92 matters uh, it's also
1: he, pretty expensive in terms of where he's going. I mean. That's
0: the thing. And, and I was part of that. I had him way up there too. Uh, mm-hmm. he's at pitch, pitcher 22, about pick 100. I actually opened up with him at pick, pitcher 17. So that's probably like around pick 75 or so. And so I had to move him back. I had to. I just, I, I got to be smart, adjust to the info. Uh, and you know, I was, uh, and right? I was a
1: little bit more, I guess I was, as much as I do like him, I, I was a little bit more skeptical. Um, he did spend a lot of years not finding the zone, and showing blah numbers. So I had Danny Duffy at 29 right next to Aaron Sanchez. I'd still take him over Aaron Sanchez, but I had guys like Paxton ahead of him. I had Salazar ahead of him, McCullers, Quintana, Tanaka. So uh, those are all guys that are going around him in ADP. So I'd still take Tanaka over him. Um, and guys going behind him in ADP are Salazar that I'd take over him, Salazar and Quintana. So... Um, you know, I think I'd probably just wait there because it, that that is a little bit of a tier end for me. Uh I really like if you take David Price out. Um Jacob DeGrom is the 15th best pitcher and I would actually put Carlos Martinez ahead of Kyle Hendricks. So Carlos Martinez is the 16th best pitcher. I see a bit of a tier there. I, I think I, I think I agree. I, I think there's a tier there because you're talking about oh, I can have DeGrom or I can have Kentomaida. No, I want DeGrom. By, you know, by, and that's, and by, we're talking by, about.
0: Substantially. Yeah. yeah.
1: For me. And in fact, you can see it in the ADP. Yeah. That's interesting. Because DeGrom is 66 and even though, um, even though Kent is 21 and not so far off in terms of, uh, pitcher rankings, Kentamida is 90, is the 100th pick. It's two full rounds. So people uh, are actually taking a break there on pitchers. No, you're right. The tier, the
0: tier cutoff for drafters is DeGrom, Hendricks, and Martinez. Does Hendricks stay in that for you or is
1: he part of the drop? So that we had to get to Hendricks. Go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Perfect transition. I know.
1: Right on the spot. Yeah, but I'm a little bit nervous about Hendricks, and it's not something I can put into words. I mean, he's he's got 14 strikeouts and zero walks in basically 14 innings this spring. So, you know, he's he's still doing it. Um, it's just not the type of player that I normally pick up because it's so dependent on this command that I just I don't know. Like for example, uh, who is a command guy that just couldn't find it Dude. I was watching somebody oh Melanson. so Melanson is oh, yeah. a command guy right did you see the you saw the WBC yeah, game absolutely. last
0: night absolutely he could not
1: find the zone no no not, he was not. throwing front door cutters that were that other people would have
0: spanked oh especially oh, those that were familiar Go with hard. him if they'd have been yes. you know, if they had a better book and they knew what to look for it and then they saw it be that cutter as opposed yeah. to the good one you're right they, they would have knocked him around the yard
1: he threw a cutter that was like 87. And in the strike zone, but belt high and over the middle because he was aiming for the to go inside to a righty, and it just went right over the zone. And I I feel like when you, you when you're dealing with command, you're talking about the spread in command is not very big. We talked about you know the the movement of the glove to to acquiring the ball mm-hmm. and the leader in baseball last year or, or a couple of years ago when I first looked at this was Dallas Keuchel. And on three zero pitches, his glove moved thirteen inches.
0: I think. I think, no, I actually, think
1: maybe his glove moved like eleven inches, and the average glove movement on a fastball was thirteen inches. So that's inch not a big difference. spread, and it's still bad. Right?
0: Well, <laughs> like that's you, the, that's the thing too. Think about whoever you like out there, folks, that you think has good command, and then go meticulously watch one of their outings. Hopefully it's a good outing because it'll still give you the idea of what we're talking about here. And watch how often they actually miss the catcher's target.
1: Kershaw throws it down the middle. There's a Sullivan piece on that. Yeah. It, so
0: it, it's it's re- that's why it's so difficult to to hone in on command and control and and really say how it is. It, it is something that's so variable, too, because, um, you know, some guys can make different things work where it looks like they're in command of the zone and others have to take a different approach. So I think that's a good point with with Hendricks. You know, I'm I'm notably not in. But, you know, damn, we can say the caveat 50 times here about don't go too crazy over spring, but. To go 14-0 on the strikeout yeah. to walk ratio in thirteen and two thirds, I mean yeah. uh, he, and the the defense is still going to be very good. It might not be otherworldly was, again, but it's not going to be bad, right? I mean, it seems and if unlikely. you're worried
1: about who's framing his pitches, I mean, you know, he's probably throwing to Contreras right now. So
0: I mean, so I, I don't know. I, I but
1: the Carlos Martinez, it's funny because Carlos Martinez is the guy that I would go Google, you know, for Coco Pops about. You know, I'm actually, the, the really guy, excited about him right now. I mean, he's got, he's got a great change up actually. So he's got, he's got everything he needs. He's on the ace path. Like he's taking, uh here's the thing. Sometimes
0: we don't see it until like it gets to the final destination and we, then we notice the path. He's on the path. Like everything is working out. How we would have wanted with Carlos Martinez. He had those two years in the bullpen. That second year, he got a few starts, uh, to kind of get him ready for 2015. Then he goes and has a nice 29 start, 31 appearance. So he had two relief appearances, 180 inning, 301 ERA season with a bunch of strikeouts. Fell back a little bit last year in terms of the strikeouts, uh, goes from 24% to 22%, but the results were almost exactly the same. ERA up a little, whipped down a little. Um, Everything is happening. About to be 25 years old, looking for his first 200 inning season after 195 last year. I'm very excited about him. If I was on a turn of a draft, and I found myself with no pitchers yet, say it was the you know third fourth round situation, and I could go Degrom Martinez, I would be ecstatic about the start of my rotation.
1: Yeah, and I and I think uh, yeah that would be an amazing combination. If you can if you can catch them both. It'd be a little bit hard because they're both at, they're both called you know they're both averaging around 66 in mm-hmm. NFBC, but like that's not your league. So you know if you can if you can go back to back in the third and fourth rounds and get Degrom and Martinez, and you've paired that with you know a stud slugger and Trey Turner or something, or or you know you know a good you know one two up top, or maybe like Carlos Correa and right, Cabrera. Uh, Yeah, even if that, could you do that at the turn, right? If you got the turn around the first turn, you can do, easily do Maggie and Carlos, right? And then you turn on the, on the next turn, you do, uh, Martinez and, and DeGrom. That'd be really interesting because you'd, you also have drained the sea, like drained the, uh, the tier. Yep. Uh, and that, that means that somebody who was, who thought, oh, I'll let him go to the turn, somebody ahead of you, You know, in in round three, he won't take two pitchers. That Martinez and Degrom were available. I'll take my pitcher, my first pitcher in the third round. All of a sudden, the the third round comes around, and he has to take Tanaka uh, or Hamels as his ace, and he's he's a little pissed at you. No, I so I I love that setup, and and you know,
0: Correa might be rising. I I think the right or wrong WBC is giving him a little bit more visibility and people are remembering how excited we were last year. And I think that excitement was justified. Um, and he's kind of rising a little bit could go in the first round, but even if you're looking at like, turner and miggy or you know cabrera and Corey seager if if that if you want to draft him that high that's just adp i wouldn't personally uh go that high on him but like if you want that speed and power combo you could go miggy Marte and then take the two pitchers, oh, something like yeah. that
1: so uh, that'd be pretty sexy i mean it wouldn't have a lot of positional stuff but if you're in like a 12 or 14 team you know we've talked about how uh positional scarcity is a little bit overrated in those leagues so you could have a first base and an outfielder that's fine later you know, you get VR as your shortstop, and you're not hurting too hard. So, Absolutely. you know, I, I think that's uh, that is a as a viable strategy if it if it turns out it can work out for you. But Next I think time. most of the time, I'd probably have Degrom, and then. Uh, maybe one of these pieces we're about to talk about. Yeah. yeah. N-
0: next up here, th- this, this group's called the missing piece and, and they're like a fact. been all of over this one two. actually. We <laughs> have dominated this one. So I'm going to give all the names, but then we're going to focus on the few that we haven't discussed yet. It's Kevin Gossman, James Paxton, Stephen Mads, Carlos Rodon, Michael Pineda, Robbie Ray, Taiwan Walker, and Joe Ross. And we haven't really touched on, uh, in this episode, Pineda uh briefly on Ray, uh, Taiwan Walker and you can go deeper on Ross if you want but we actually kind of talked about him so it's really focused on Panada, Walker and Ray. How do you feel about those three? Do they belong in here? Do you feel like they are kind of that one that one piece away from being studs? They've they've all shown flashes. Um they're having uh, I think most of them are having solid springs. Not I don't think any of the three is having a bad spring, that's for sure. Um because I I know I've heard positivity surrounding Pineda, Ray, and Walker, especially Taiwan Walker. How do you feel about this trio, and and who would be your top target from them?
1: Look at this. 25 strikeouts and two walks in 17 innings for Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Yeah. Two walks. Yeah. They took 15 bone spurs out of his ankle. They
0: looked like little jacks. You you remember the game jacks? Yes. Those little point, pointy those. ass things, those are terrible. That's and gross. that's what they looked like. And there was what, 10, 15, how many did you say 15 of them in his yeah, foot?
1: And pretty hard to land in the same place every time. If exactly. that's Exactly. That. And
0: that's why he allowed 50,000 homers in the second half. And so I took those Man. out, feels good. Um what pitch is he, he's working on a pitch too. I can't remember what it is, uh, to be Oh, honest. he's always
1: working on the cutter. The cutter is on okay. the slider. He, he, it's not. Oh,
0: because he just has to differentiate, right?
1: And it's just, he's always trying to figure it out. It's a little bit like what Shamanai is trying to figure out. It, it's not a new pitch, but it's like, you know. Evolution. He, he needs to, he, it would be good to do that because he, I don't think the change is amazing. And so, you know, right now he's a little bit fastball curve, uh, knuckle curve. So, um, what well, would you, know, who do you
0: some, like between a Pineda, Ray, and Walker? Who who would be your target among the, among that trio?
1: I. I. Man, I talked to Randy Johnson about Robbie Ray. What did he say? And you know, there's something I didn't realize. I don't think I realized as much that well, I asked Randy Johnson, "Hey, how did you?" Make it happen with two, with two pitches. Like how did you, were you manipulating the slider? Did you have basically a curveball slider or, or, and a tight slider? I did like, you? No, I was amazing. I was just, I was just amazing. He was, was actually really gruff and kind of mean. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you asking me that for, nerd? Yeah.
1: <laughs> he actually brushed me off twice until. I guess enough people around him acknowledged me where he was like okay. <laughs> okay, this okay.
0: This guy with this hair really. Oh, he, he, he
1: how dare he talk about someone's hair. Well, well, he said he said the split finger fastball. So I I guess I did I you know, I guess I didn't know that or didn't I didn't think of Randy Johnson's third pitches being that great, or I didn't see it very often.
0: Well, that's the thing, though, too. I don't know how distinct they were. Like, you, you could maybe ask him. I probably had like three sliders, and 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 you know, what is it? No, two? but
1: he, he he didn't really he didn't really bite on that one. He said he said, yeah, I mean, sometimes I'd have it get me over, and a in, you know, and a but I didn't. And I was like, did you have one that was like a little bit more, you know, twelve six, and a little bit more sideways? He said, no. So, oh, okay, okay. Um. That actually is interesting because th- that makes me think and he said yes I'm talking to Robbie Ray a lot and you know we have stuff in common and you know so that that's interesting I'd rather I'd rather see a third pitch from Ray uh the lefties that don't have that third pitch are a little bit for, harder off than righties uh just because of the platoon advantage so I was prepared to say that Walker I had comfortably third of the group but that you know he's a righty with good velocity and he's improved the command of that cutter is good enough, then he's got all he needs. He's a little bit further along in the experiment- experimentation process than Robbie Ray, um, so I guess I would take uh, Walker over Ray. And, um, and what about Walker P- v. Pineda? It makes me, Pineda makes me just want to stop talking. It, like, just makes me want to give up. Like, I don't know. Stop I, analyzing I, like, I don't know. baseball because
0: it's so yeah. difficult. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel just, you. Fifteen to like, two strikeout to walk ratio and eleven and two thirds. I'm sure nope. the five no. earned runs that he gave up all came in one inning because
1: that's yeah. that's what he does. Um, I hear really you on that. Predictable. He gets really predictable. He doesn't have the amazing command. So when he falls behind an account, he goes to the fastball. You know enough that people sit on the fastball and they they whoop it out. And we know that even though fastball velocity going in is not necessarily. Uh, it's only, it's one six as important as your, as your bat speed. It's still important. It's still a little bit th- of the thing there. So if all things are equal and Michael Pineda throws a fastball and, and Kyle Hendricks throws a fastball, the Pineda fastball is going further. So, mm-hmm. uh, and those things are not equal because Pineda has none of the command that Hendricks has. So. No, he's
0: all control and he throws it He throws, he throws bad it to strikes. the, zone. He throws the, the zone. zone,
1: but it's, it's, it's sometimes it's hittable in the zone. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I guess what I'm saying is I'm out on all those guys. There, there, there's a little bit of helium on all of them in, in terms of where I might have them ranked. They're, they're getting kind of expensive. I mean, let me just do a quick would you rather on Robbie Ray. Drew Smiley's right behind him. Take Drew Smiley. Uh, Matt Shoemaker goes 20, 10 picks later. Take Matt Shoemaker. Taiwan Walker goes 15, uh, picks later. I take the 15, I take the round and, and I'd Walker. take Walker Dang. all day. Yeah. Snell. Is 22 picks later. Uh, I might go two rounds and just peace out Ooh, on all those guys.
0: That one, I'm a
1: – Richard's difference 40 helps. Cotton at 241. I mean, I love Cotton at 241. You're you picking know, maybe I just... at
0: 241?
1: <laughs> yes, I'm picking Cotton. Okay. Just – okay. <laughs> just wanted me to say it. Yes. Um, uh, I, I love t- Walker. I'm taking him trail, over. I'm though. taking all the- – uh, and then right ahead of and Pineda, okay, so Pineda's 205, Gerard Eikhoff 207. I think I'd take him. I think they're very, you know, Eikhoff doesn't have the velocity, but he has some of the homer issues. This is in the NL, you know. Uh And there's a little bit of a piece out on this whole section because Samarja 198, uh Pineda, 205, Ray, 214, Pomerantz, 222, Sonny Gray, 226, Adam Wainwright, 228. You know, Taiwan Walker, 229. I'm just going to be taking closers or something. I, I I don't, you know, my fifth outfielder. I just, I would peace out on a lot of that. I'd hope that maybe Smiley dropped down to me. Maybe Aaron Nola. I don't hate Pomerantz. Maybe if Pomerantz was a couple rounds cheaper, I'd take him. But uh, then I think it gets much more interesting. Go down to 240. There's Cotton there. There's Garrett Richards. Dylan Bundy at 271. Junior Guerra at 280. Daniel Norris at 283. Now I'm getting excited. You feel me? I'm getting excited. I do, I do feel it. That's now that's now a 290. You know, that's that's like 50 picks later.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to make you I'm going to make you Lance, pick some. Lance, of a guys. 288.
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Make, I'm blowing no, up no. our I
0: mean, well, we can't talk about all of them anyway. So
1: it's I fine, i it's fine I, to reel off these names. I am saying no on those three. Okay. Just in just with their ADP and who's around them. I'm Joe st- Ross, Mass, Pac, Mats, Pax, and Gossman I do like and would take over guys around them. So it's just, the, those three just don't really match up.
0: I'm still getting Walker personally. I have him about 20 ranks higher than, than the ADP does. So
1: <laughs> to see if Walker has ever had a, uh, actually I might, I'm going to see, I'm going to scan his game log. Real quick, and see if he's ever had a 25 and 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he did have, he did have a good start last year, didn't he? At some I point. Mean, he's
0: had good stretches, but 25 to 2 strikeout to walk ratio was really nice for Taiwan Walker.
1: Uh, start of last season, 4-0, 4-2, 6-0, 11-1, so it's 17-21, 25 and 3 to wow. open last
0: <laughs> Almost perfect
1: well he was good he was better at the beginning of last season uh than he the, was later on in the, the home yeah. and the bones yeah all right i mean i'm in on walker a little bit i i i just have been out on him before so i i brought some bias to the discussion and i, I, I love I, walker i'm just I'm I'm, gonna take out take that bias back out i think
0: i'm in pinata probably not and ray uh, i've I've eased off on 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 hating Ray. But I'm still not out there trying to get them for the same reason that you said. There's a lot of other guys I like. So let's move on to one of our next categories. So next up is what I termed the late risk. You know, it's 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 skilled health concerns or young unproven studs. And and I'll just give the names to you: Drew Smiley, Drew Pomeranz, Dylan Bundy, Daniel Norris, Jose uh, Julio Urias, Blake Snell, Garrett Richards, Eduardo Rodriguez. Another tier that we've discussed a few of the guys in, so it's really kind of narrowed it down. Who is a standout or two there that you you would be targeting um, in the late risk pool?
1: Holy poop. I want all of them. (laughs) Right? Can I I get get six of them? Yeah. I would love to peace out on that mid-Pineta Ray Walker group and just buy all these guys. I mean, Drew Smiley has very weird stuff. There's no left or right to it. It's all up or down. But he's in a good park. The velocity is up. Did you see him in, yeah. I think it's the Puerto Rico game where he, he was good. 93, 94? Yeah. And that might have been partially because, you know, how many of those people had seen him before. He has very unique stuff. But I do think that going to the West will mm-hmm. allow him to profit a little bit off of people having not seen him.
0: Well, and uh, there are better ballparks out there, too.
1: That's right. The AL West has the second best home run park factor and he had a, he had a home run problem. So, and the A, and the, and the AL East had the second worst or worst, uh, average home run park factor. So, uh, that's, that's a good change for him. Um, you know, there's some people who think, I think Jason Collette thinks that maybe the juice ball situation will change. Uh, Drew Smiley is one of the guys that would benefit the most from it because he's high in the zone. And, you know, he's ready. He's also a guy who's pitching against the philosophy of these uppercut, these uppercut swings. He throws high in the zone and and people can't hit him. A guy like Josh Donaldson is going to have a little trouble against Drew Smiley, even though it's a lefty-righty hookup. So, uh, I love Drew Smiley. Drew Pomerantz, just a rich hill. Same injury risks, maybe a little bit less because he's younger and maybe a little bit less upside because he doesn't have the same high spin fastball. Um, that, that allows him to, and he he doesn't also have the same command of his curveball. I mean, Rich Hill can really put that curveball where he wants to. So I think Drew Pomerantz is not quite homeless, but, um, you know, uptown version of, uh, a Rich Hill or something. <laughs> is uh, it is
0: it um is it weird that this group is it wasn't by design that's uh, all lefties except for two two right-handers, but Bundy and, and Richards. Otherwise, it's just young um or or hurt lefties. I, I mean, Drew Smiley's not old, but he's not super young either. than the rest are yeah. young dudes: Pomeranz, Norris, Urias, Snell, uh, well, Eduardo. Well,
1: there's a lot uh with lefties, and it's not actually in this group represented so well. Maybe Daniel Norris a little bit. Um but I was thinking I think Sean Newcomb's a lefty, right? Yes. And um, what's his face? Eric Longenhagen said that sometimes guys like that, tall lefties that are doing that that have all these limbs going in different directions and maybe have some crossfire, which means they're they're sort of stepping across their body to throw. I think those guys may have more moving parts, may maybe sometimes come together later in their career, like uh Mr. Unit himself. Yeah. You know? I mean- so
0: it is a kind of a known thing that lefties can take a little bit longer. So that's not, it's not crazy. Uh, I guess that, that it is a group of lefties. I, I we can't get out of this tier without talking about Julio Urias. How do you feel about how his season's going to go? Cause you know, what's know
1: funny is going to be his, low innings. Yeah. Low innings, 140. Also his breaking balls. If you try to look at them just by movement and spin and, and try to take away the, the results and stuff there, they're actually not so amazing. They're not, um, they're not so stand out. And, uh, and then you bring the results back in. They weren't that standout, but they exist, and he trusts them. So you know he's really a, a fastball changeup guy who has a curve and a slider who he trusts and can command. So a uh, little bit like a reverse Quintana or something. Okay. Um, How which, many innings? Uh, is amazing and has more pitches than Quintana, so should have more ability to go three three times to the order. And more, uh, I give him 150 innings, okay. and I give him uh, like a sort of a three two ERA, eight K nine, uh, pretty good. <clears throat> I don't think that's ace in today's game. Sure, there's too many guys with two two eight ERAs and ten strikeouts per nine, but um, that's a two probably, and you can buy him as a as a four, which is. His ADP right now, um, puts him, well, it's a little bit higher. He's kind of like Paxton, where he's got a lot of helium. I mean, you're buying him as a three right now at 43. And so you're buying Paxton so Urias. High. You're buying them as threes and hoping they can be twos. I don't, I, that's not a, a, a huge difference. The other guys in our, in this tier that we're talking about, you're, are, are more interesting for bigger vo- volume, uh, bigger, uh, Value changes, right? Dylan Bundy's. That's what I mean. Like Dylan Bundy's, like a two, two sixty or something. We just we just brought him up. Yeah, two seventy pick right now.
0: I think Dylan Bundy could
1: be a two or three.
0: I actually agree. Remember how? Think about how far we've come. Remember when we saw him at the Arizona Fall League and we threw up on each other and we're
1: like,
0: I think the quote was, "If your name wasn't on the back, you'd have thought that was just some
1: random dude." Here's here's something really interesting about that though. One thing I did not like, one, one was velocity. That's just health. He's gotten healthier since the velocity's up, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing though was I did not like his curveball. Remember what I was saying I thought yep. it looked loose and, and sloppy and he didn't look like he can command it. didn't look crisp. Well, he's kind of shelved that thing. And, well, uh. didn't get the cutter back too. Right. And the changeup was the big step forward and we didn't even see a lot of changeups that day. So I think this is really interesting. He's, he's a little bit like Jake Odorizzi or, you know, other pitchers that, have come up a certain way, and then uh, found their way to greatness or at least goodness uh, another way. So it's going to be fastball, changeup, and then hope that cutter gives them that final piece. If he's, I think that I think what I think the meat of what's going to happen to Dylan Bundy is he'll turn into Kevin Gossman. fastball, changeup, um, you know, three eight ERA, uh, you know, one hundred and fifty innings. That's, I think, the most likely situation. But you bring that cutter in, the cutter was his was his bread and butter. Ooh, I rhymed. And uh, you you bring in that cutter, that's probably better than Kevin Gossman's curve, who he's been t- fiddling with forever. Um, So just to compare those two guys next to each other, there is a chance that Bundy leapfrogs. So I, I like Bundy a lot, especially at that price. Oh, my God, I love him at that price. Daniel Norris, I love him at that price. Uh, uh, do yeah. I have to pick with them or uh, no? No, no, yes. just just wanted to I touch to out, of, t- talk Florida. about a few of them. We we two eighty three had... for Norris, two seventy one for Bundy. You could go back to back on those guys, and that would be an amazing four or five. I would, I would kiss your pitching staff.
0: It could be a five six too, depending yeah. on where you are with yeah. with your staff that at be. that point. So I really like I like this group a lot. Um, now counter that to the late safety, uh these boring veterans. That, you know, you're not going to get any oohs and ahs when you take these guys, but there's some solid components here. And I'm curious on, on a couple that you like out of j Hap, Marco Estrada, Francisco Liriano. That, that's uh, Liriano. That's three fifths of Liriano rotation. (laughs) Liriano, different player. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, Jeff Samarja, Ian Kennedy, Lance Lin, Gio Gonzalez, Urban Santana, Ivan Nova, Hisashi Iwakuma, Wei Yin Chen, and then Colin. Colin McFires or uh, Mike Hugh because they're the same pitcher, Colin McHugh and Mike <laughs> Fires. But so I, I kind of bunched them together. But you know those older guys that are that have had spurts of greatness, they're not amazing. No one cares when you pick them, but they're pretty solid pitchers. Uh, any of them that you would actually eye and and, and target to balance out your Bundy and uh, Norris picks.
1: Normally, in a, like a 12 team league, I think I might just pass on all of them except for Matt Shoemaker. Uh, Matt Shoemaker, maybe Lance Lynn, but Matt Shoemaker has the strikeout minus walk rates with that slitter at, at, uh, 40, 50% like he did. He could be a really good pitcher. So, and he, you know, good home park, good defense, like really great defense behind him, actually. So I think that, uh, he's got a lot of things going for him that almost kind of elevate him almost out of this tier. Like a kind of shoemaker is the name that I gravitate towards. In general, I'd probably pass on almost all of these guys in a 12-teamer because they just don't offer a lot of upside. They offer a lot of downside, injury risk, age. Just not, you know, either you're going to you're you're getting regression possibilities from Happ and Estrada. I know that they they do things that that mean that they might not regress as much as the projections say they will, but at the same time. It's more likely that they're going to be worse going forward. I mean, this is mm-hmm. uh, given their age and given their strikeout rates and stuff like that. So uh, I just, you know, twelve team team. But the deeper your your league gets, the more these guys become sort of vital because these guys allow you in a deep league to take the shots on the other guys. You know.
0: Exactly. You have to have some balance and
1: you have and to I have innings. I mean, you, sometimes they're like, uh, there are innings minimums. Like in labor, you, or in talent, you have to get to a thousand innings. And so you can't just take a bunch of relievers and then take a bunch of shots on, on injury risk guys. So, um, you know, if we're talking about quantity innings, the guys that sort of leap off the page for me, other than Shoemaker are Samarja, uh, Chen maybe I don't know I don't love this tier Lynn I would Your like if he guy was guy. yeah okay. I, Lin I'd like if if him, if he uh, if he was healthy like if if it was like oh I, I, I can get two hundred innings from him. yeah but, but can you get two hundred innings from him the first year back maybe
0: I mean he is far removed from his Tommy John his was in November of fifteen
1: the full year plus yeah yeah
0: he's got you know he's got and maybe it's not 200 but if it's a buck 80 as late as lance lynn is going he's been making all of his thresholds in spring training i'm actually kind of back in on lance lynn especially because he is so dirt cheap um, you know, decent enough numbers, 14 innings. Again, the volume is, is important to me. There are only seven strikeouts, two walks, but I, I just wanted to see him out there pitching and we haven't gotten any negative reports on the stuff. It's, it's been positive each step of the way with Lynn. So I like him and I really like Francisco Ariano, too. And I know he's going to be in Toronto. But I think he's going to have a really strong season, and he is just off the board. Like people are not paying any attention to him, and I think part of it is that he's in Toronto, paired with last year's rough season. But he got back on track with Toronto last year. He's he's back with Russell Martin. I think he's going to have a solid season with them. He's pitcher eighty three, pick three hundred six. That's free. That's basically free. Yeah,
1: and it's a big a big framer with the guy who's had really. You know, big problems with the command. I think that's, that's not a bad pick right there.
0: With somebody, yeah, and with somebody he's comfortable with knowing how to, how to already frame Francis Gloriano. Mm-hmm. So I, I like him. We, we're not going crazy on this tier. We'll get a stabilizer or two depending on the depth of league. Uh, but don't sleep on these guys, especially if you are, uh obsessed with the with the mccullers and Rodons and paxton's and gaussman's of the world as we are you do need i think at least one of those at the back end to kind of balance things out but we're going to close in the uh in probably the most exciting category for a lot of people that play because a lot of our listeners play deeper leagues and so they want to know those lottery ticket types those guys that are super deep but that might be ready to really take a major step forward if you draft these guys uh, and they they stud out for you they're jumping 80 spots of of potential so uh long list here so stick with me but then we're gonna dive in on a bunch of them michael waka jose barrios mike Fultonevich, uh brandon finnegan matt boyd adam conley tyler skaggs and then I got a bunch of uh, team pairings here: Charlie Morton, Joe Musgrove on Houston; Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez on the White Sox; Luis Severino, Chad Green on the Yankees; Alex Wood, Brock Stewart on the Dodgers; Nate Carnes, Matt Strom on the Royals; Tyler Glasnow, Chad Cool, Drew Hutchison on the Pirates, and finally Shelby Miller, Archie Bradley, and Patrick Corbin on the Diamondbacks. A lot to take in there, so let's just start uh, with with your favorite of the bunch here.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You said favorite, but it's easy for me to eliminate. So okay, yeah, do that I'm eliminating, I'm eliminating Tyler Skaggs. Uh, the command isn't super bad this spring and that's always been an issue for him. I don't know why the projections say he's going to have good command this year. I don't believe it. Uh, so he's out. Giolito Lopez, bad fastballs out. Um, Severino is out for me. Chad Green is sort of in, but he's more of a deep league guy. So I can sort of, unless you're talking, uh al only i think i would i would move on from those guys chad green needs to start throwing the splitter to really be a mixed league guy um as much as i like rock stewart i don't think there's a lot of innings there uh and put him on
0: there for you that's that's a guy that that
1: yeah you got me me to take high spin high spin fastball great slider more velocity than he had when he was getting those mediocre prospect reports so i like all that but um I'm not sure if the innings are there. There's too many guys there. McCarthy and you know all those. They just have so many guys at the back end. So uh, those are kind of ones that I'll eliminate a little bit. Um, Jose Barrios, I'm going to write about for tomorrow. So I would just say read what I'm going to write tomorrow. Okay. He is a league leader in velocity and and movement. So we're, if you if you want a guy who's going to could be the next next Carlos Martinez, you know the guy who's you know, That's two or three a great years behind.
0: Comparison.
1: He's gonna. He has he's great on his, Yeah, bad commands. Similar issues, you know. He's just starting out, but. Uh,
0: and I've said this but- before. He had the disastrous 58 innings in the majors, but I like that he was still dominant in the minors. So it wasn't just a washed out season entirely. It was struggling in the major leagues, and that's that's okay at 22 years old. It's not what we wanted. In fact, it's completely the opposite. He had an 8.02 ERA for crying out loud. He destroyed you for 58 innings if you if you absorbed all of them. But Jose Barrios was still down in the minors getting things done, and he just wasn't ready. He was tipping pitches, had mechanical issues. I think he takes a step forward this year and actually uh, delivers some fantasy value.
1: Yeah, and then the other two, I guess, to go back to being out on, Boyd and Conley are very interesting. I'm in on them in deep leagues because I think that they can put up a lot of innings and be good. I just don't think that I see any more greatness beyond We've seen a lot more of Conley, and I don't know if the secondary pitches are out pitches. I don't see like a pitch where I'm like, yes, Matt Boyd's curveball is not an out pitch for me. I'm not sure that the slider is. I think he, I think they're actually they're both lefties, both have a little bit more velocity than people know, and are better than people think. But I think that they will settle into a sort of 180 inning, you know, uh, third fourth starter decentness that isn't what we look for in fantasy so much unless it's AL or NL only. So, um if you're looking for superstardom, the guys for me are the first four, Walker Barrios, Faltinovich and Finnegan because you know, Walker's been there, Barrios has the movement, Faltinovich has the velocity, and Finnegan with the changeup has three pitches and good velocity for a lefty. So, uh those are my four lottery tickets that I will pick out of this group. It
0: was it was uh Fulty, Barrios, Finnegan and who else?
1: Waka, just because oh, yeah. you've been there. I, I, I love been Waka. There, and done
0: that, that. It's crazy that you said those are the top four listed. And I didn't list them exactly in, in talent order because I put all those pairings later because they were pairings. But in terms of the single listed guys, they were kind of in an order for me. And I had Waka, Barrios, Fultanevich, and Finnegan. And those are my four favorites in that group as well. So I'm, I'm eye to eye with you there. Let's talk about some of these other pairings, uh, quickly here. Alex Wood it, it still has his believers. Uh, he's part of why you're probably not in on Brock Stewart, though. You were you were trying to think of some of the other names that are just going to be there with Casimir and McCarthy, uh, and Maeda, Kershaw. That Kershaw guy might stick with the team. I don't know for sure yet. Uh, and then it.
1: uh,
0: it's TBD. So yeah. be careful in your drafts. But then uh, Alex Wood, like I said, still has believers. Are you among them?
1: Steamer has a three four four ERA, one two four WHIP. Eight strikeouts for nine. That seems totally doable for him. He's got three pitches, good sinker, uh, gets ground balls, isn't gonna give up too many home runs, does get strikeouts. I mean, I think he's a pretty good pitcher. I don't think he's got ace-like level, and I think there's probably more ceiling on the other guys we talked about. But, if you want a decent pitcher for a cheap price, I mean, I, I don't see, you know, why you, why you wouldn't take a shot on wood. I, I, there might be a question of innings. But, you know, people are picking Urias and a three four four season and a one two four uh whip in hundred and twenty innings, that's that's what Steamer says for Wood. Like Urias might give you twenty more innings and that and that'd be okay, right? Mm-hmm. Well so, plus like you know So Wood for like three hundred picks lower?
0: <laughs> yeah, and and the and the players I named um ahead of him are not super healthy. Like I didn't say Rich Hill, but like, Rich Hill, Casimir, McCarthy Innings yeah, could open Cas- up for one.
1: 84 and, you know, I Casimir. bet you they find something.
0: Jared Weaver yeah. makes fun of Kazmir's velocity right now.
1: Right. Uh, did you see Jared Weaver as dead arm? I mean, how did they figure that out?
0: How could they possibly know that? <laughs> no way.
1: How many years gonna come has he back, had it? He's going to come back throwing 96 and all gonna be like, he, Oh, it was dead oh, for all that time. <laughs> he had that rare
0: seven-year dead arm uh phase it was crazy it lasted for 1400 innings but he's back beaver. he's back uh three I more years he's... of excellence yeah right
1: I hope he's a dick
0: um are you in on... <laughs> I I just was letting it go are you in on okay. his Charlie Morton height
1: he's he's throwing gas and he's throwing the changeup more um you scooped him from me in our deep league uh ale only uh score sheet you i wished I I, I I i one of them but uh, and I wanted him actually in, in AL labor, which is also a deep league. However, given his projections, given his injury history, given some uh, question about his innings, given the fact that I like Justin Joe Musgrove a lot and he's the pairing there, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to uh, recommend. I think I'd rather have Joe Musgrove. Well, I think I'd rather just peace out on those in 12 and 15 team leagues because uh, the projections are just not exciting on Charlie Morton and Joe Musgrove may not make the rotation out of spring. So it's kind of hard to, you know, take your flyer on a guy who may not be in the rotation.
0: Been getting regular questions on Nate Carnes, so I think there's some hype building for him and KC. Matt Strom uh has his backers as well as as a deep league, you know, as as that, that deep sleeper who might start in the rot uh in the bullpen and then emerge into the rotation. Uh really interesting. Lefty did some good stuff last year, has incredible stuff. Uh Carnes and Strom, how do you feel about those two? <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I think Carnes might be a good uh, pick and flip. I think he might be a good guy to have for the first half of the season, maybe not later. We don't know about um how many innings he's got in him, and he kind of seems to uh to to flag uh, a little bit. And then Matt Strong might be the reverse, where he starts in the bullpen and um you know to keep his innings down and then we start he goes away uh for a couple of weeks around around the all-star break and comes back as a as a starter especially if the team is flagging then that makes a lot of sense right if the team is if the team is going great then they may need Strom in the bullpen we've talked about this but if the team is flagging it makes a lot of sense to to what put Strom like?
0: Kennedy and Hamill and and Vargas, you know, oh, say yeah. Vargas does something worthwhile, and they move all three of them or two of those three. I think three. is like
1: a free agent, re- you know, somewhat soon. So you just you say, you know, either you trade him or you know, there's a lot of ways that Strom gets into the into the starting rotation. The only way that he doesn't is if they're in the hunt all the way and nobody gets hurt, which I think is adding that nobody gets hurt makes it unlikely. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because exactly, it's a forty percent likelihood for everybody. Nate Karns is a little bit higher than forty percent. Um so and then Vargas, you know, those guys Vargas may not be any good. So you know, there's a lot of reason to buy Matt Strom. It'll be hard to maybe protect him in twelve and fifteen. You know what I mean? Like you'll have to have him on your roster and he's not getting saves and he's you know what I mean? Uh um, yeah. I think that's a want a deep bench or or B N L only, but there's a lot of reason to watch him and to keep you know, keep an eye on him, so I'd, I'd rather be, you know, if we had, if you had six bench p- spots, you had one bench spot for, for a, uh, a deep sleeper like that, that you weren't going to play and was just on your bench. I'd take Strom over Giolito and Lopez, you know? I, I, think I, I do
0: like that. I like Strom. And I think he's yeah. going to be,
1: be at least,
0: uh, having major league time. Whereas those other two could be in AAA Charlotte, uh, doing work. And I don't think you're, I don't think any league counts those numbers. So uh, mm-hmm. that 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 won't work. Let's finish up with with the uh, Arizona trio. You got Shelby Miller, who is working back from that disastrous season last year. Um, you got Archie Bradley, the big prospect, who it's you know time's ticking. He's still young, but he hasn't really shown anything to grab hold of and then Patrick Corbin who had a good first bounce back from Tommy John two seasons ago it was like an 80 inning uh stint and he looked a lot like the guy that had broken out in 2013 and then last year collapsed homers went way up walks almost doubled uh or actually more than doubled I think hits went way up and he just was brutal for 155 and two-thirds 515 ARA for Patrick Corbin. If I got you in a league deep enough to where you're even considering one of these three Diamondbacks, which is it, Miller, Bradley, or Corbin?
1: It's Miller. Uh, if he gets his velocity back and his health back, the, he's done it. I, I don't see it in Archie Bradley's stuff. I don't see it in his pitches. And Patrick Corbin never developed that changeup. He's kind of the, you know, bad story, the the watch out on Robbie Ray. Uh, I know Corbin never had Robbie Ray's velocity, but, you know, if, if Ray falls down that velocity, you know, it's kind of like the defensive spectrum where you just, you're, you're not going to be a shortstop the I, whole career. I you're like not going to have velocity the whole time. So if he starts, if, if Ray all of a sudden has number three starter velocity, he doesn't have a changeup. So he'll be, he'll play worse than that. So, um, you know, Corbin is still sort of a, a, a cautionary tale for Robbie Ray backers, I think. Um, so, you know, Shelby Miller, He still has three pitches, cutter, curve, um, and, and four seam. It's, it's a proven thing. I think if he goes away from the sinker, uh, and, and just does his thing with those three pitches, he'll be fine. And, uh, the change gave him even the chance at a fourth pitch because he was throwing a split finger. So, uh, I think it, it could all come together. It may not come together in that. You know Atlanta ace like season, but it it, you know there are some seasons with the Cardinals that we would take at this point. So Miller is definitely I I I bid Miller up to six bucks in Auto New recently. Had my first Auto New draft. Uh, I couldn't go I couldn't go to seven, but I would have bought him for four or five dollars. Um, and I ended up with Eduardo Rodriguez for four dollars eduardo rodriguez never done it he has knee issues and he has command issues and we're still waiting on him to sort of do it and we don't even know what his velocity is you know year to year so um you know shelby miller eduardo rodriguez in some cases you want to take shelby miller
0: yeah i i i think the uh to borrow the phrase from the uh, matthew berry and nate rabbits what they used to say the hate has gone too far i think that's okay. apt with shelby miller it was a nightmare last year. There's no denying that. And the mechanical issues had him scraping his hand on the ground. That part is fixed. So now it's just a matter of showing some consistency with, with with a quality arsenal that we know he has. He does have 18 strikeouts in 11 innings in spring. He did get bombed out in one of his outings. So he does have a 7.36 ERA because of nine earned runs. Um, but it, there are going to be people who look at that and say, oh, he still sucks. I'm out. And I, I think mm-hmm. you're going to be misled there and and make a bad decision. So I'm still in on Miller for sure. You know, uh, we've gone long, but it's been great. And I want to give you an opportunity, if there's anybody we haven't talked about that you would like to get a mention on, uh, feel free. In fact, I'm actually going to prompt you on one, and then you can do a free-for-all. When we did Cleveland episode, I think somebody commented that we didn't say anything about good old Trevor Bauer because we didn't have a drone section to talk about on the rundown but um uh, where do you currently stand on Trevor Bauer vis-a-vis drafting him in fantasy baseball is there is there more coming or is he just this guy which is you know solid big leaguer but unspectacular fantasy leaguer um
1: I hate to harp on the command. I I don't know how much how many how much of an improvement he can make in command. He's not going to become a Kyle Hendricks. So even if he gets Why better not? in command, <laughs> that'd be cool with his stuff. I would oh be my down God. for that. <laughs> he would be amazing. I mean, he, be a he a si even young throws. Winner. I mean, he would because he th- he can throw the front door sinker just like Hendricks. He has a big curveball and 94 mile an hour fastball. Like he could if he you, you would command win, like, like, three like si Youngs. If you could just give
0: yeah. him just just five years of that command with his stuff. And I, get, I'm I think he'll get nineties.
1: better and still be like 375, uh, with a 129, uh, and 8K9, you know, like. I was gonna
0: say, any chance he would spike the Ks though? Any chance we get a Trevor Bauer season where he can just like go Robbie Ray on us and give us the 200?
1: He's always mucking around with another pitch. I mean, if he, if he really found a great changeup, I think. Um, I think there something could happen there for sure. And then if he if he did do that, he could be a little bit more like a Salazar, where he has like the 10K nine, and and you know the walks, and he just throws the middle zone and gives up some homers and. You know, it could be some of that, but um I don't, I don't really see it. I didn't, I'd like to see some things like in the end of last year. You know what I mean? I'd like to see oh, I, flashes yeah, I, of it at least. I totally do know
0: what you're saying with him because Trevor Bauer's just not been a guy that I, I can get excited about anymore on the fantasy landscape. I like him as a person. I think he's an interesting Twitter follower and I like the way he kind of is always thinking about the game even though he, you know, he makes goofs sometimes and gets his finger cut up by a, by a drone. But, uh, good dude for sure. And uh, I wish him the best. I just don't know that we're going to see another big jump from Trevor Bauer. Partly because of what you said about mucking around with the pitch all the time. If he could just refine and have a four that he really sticks with, maybe we would get that big strikeout season. Then I'll take a 370 ERA or 390 ERA in 190 innings if I can get 195 strikeouts. You know, it'd be I'm stating the obvious, but that would make me feel a lot better. All
1: right. Yeah. I want other- to just. Any yeah, one, for all? one name. I just sorted my ranks minus the consensus ranks to get the biggest ones. Uh, I was ahead on Robert Gisellman because I would given him the fifth starter role. Yes, that was uh, so a So he, big was, one number one. Big he was number one. He uh, was number one. But I still have him at 84. I don't think I'd push him much past about 70 or 75. We We've talked about this in the cast before. Um, then Bundy. Is up there. Carnes is up there. I just gave him the fifth starter roll again. I don't think other people did. I have Carnes at 97. I might push him up to 90. Maybe, maybe where Giselman is, the 80s. You know, there is that. There is a little bit of bump of being healthy, and he has 25 strikeouts and in 18 innings. It's pretty good. Um, and then I wanted to just highlight one deep league name: Andrew Triggs. Uh, I, I have him at like 112. I wouldn't push it much past 105 because the change up is something we've seen a couple times and we're hoping it's going to be better. But, uh, he's going to murder right handers because he's, he's kind of like, yeah, don't know. I don't mean literally, but, um, he, he's going to throw from this, from the submarine slot and he's, the right handers are just going to have so much trouble with him. So you know they're going to try and stack the 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 lineup of lefties and it's going to be is cutter and slider different enough and is the changeup actually there that's going to be the big question but i don't think you know there's no prospect pedigree there's there's no- no, uh, intrigue there. So I think if he's good enough to begin with, he'll be in there all year. They already lost gray. So Han's in. So I think that when, when, uh, gray comes back, I think Han can leave and Triggs could be in there all year. So you might get 160, 180 innings, even if he has bad platoon splits you know uh i haven't score sheet where i can limit his exposure to left handers so that's amazing that's a great way to own him as like a six or seven starter in score sheet yeah that, but, that is uh, a
0: great way to maximize what tricks can do
1: but even in other even a, even in a daily league you could you can move him in and out if you can do that then you can sort of avoid some lefty teams um or just buy him and put him on your like he's another guy like uh uh you know just joe Musgrove that i would buy and put on my bench and say, "Hey, let's see what happens." Let's and, see what happens. Yep. While uh, on my bench. <laughs>
0: yeah, not not taking every on single the... one of their starts. Yeah. Maybe yeah. picking and choosing when they when they yeah. get a, a a cozy situation. Perhaps you know when Joe Musgrove faces Oakland, uh, it it could be nice. If only Triggs could face his own team, that would that would be great. Um, that, that's a good name. I, I like that one. I didn't really uh, prepare to to offer up one of my. You know what? I will. I still like Luke Weaver. I think he already got sent out. Uh, he You know, he had. A, he was a long shot to make. The, uh to make the rotation anyway but it's not even though we are speaking positively about a few of their guys lancelin and, and Michael Waka uh, we feel comfortable about them that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to hold up all year it'd be great if they did but then of course Adam Wainwright is another guy who uh, there's some concern for so you got three guys like that. Uh, there's probably going to be some opportunity for at least some starts and if and if he can make an impression then luke weaver could maybe force his way up he wasn't great results wise in a little stint at the end of the year last year but we saw him in the arizona fall league uh I, i'm impressed with him not a huge guy a 6-2 guy uh from the right side but but has has the stuff i think to succeed st louis man they're they're stupid devil magic there they can be annoying but they know how to find talent, and I think this is a talented arm. So I like Luke Weaver as a late uh, – same same vein that you're talking about where have it on my bench and then see what happens, especially now because he is sent out. Uh, I so asked, it would have to be a deeper league.
1: I asked Aaron, Eric Langenhagen um, if there was a plus command guy who could surprise us a la Kyle Hendricks, and he said Luke Weaver.
0: That – really pleases me because uh, eric <laughs> is a genius and uh, i love l- listening to him on on prospects and i love it even more when he likes a guy that i'm interested in so that that's (laughs) that's good to know uh with weaver keep him on your keep him on your watch list if you're in a 12 10 team for sure 15 team depending on how big your reserve roster is you could maybe put him on your reserve hoping that he gets called up early but for the most part luke we just a a wait and see sort of guy whereas most of the other guys we've talked about are going to be on a major league roster and then uh you can deal with it
1: from there so
0: all right you know anybody else
1: uh no, I think we talked, I'm like tired and my, my, uh, family's home and I think, I think it's and about I didn't that have... time. Yeah. I think it's about <laughs> that time you go spend
0: some family time, eat with them. Uh, hope people enjoy this. I'm headed out to New York on Friday for Tout Wars. So you and I will rendezvous next week. Uh, I'm going to be doing some stuff with Jason out there in New York, freezing my butt off. Apparently it's 40. That's so stupid, but, uh, hopefully I survive and you and I will talk next
1: week. Go win a menu item.
0: I, I I aim to. I aim to do that. Bring it home for fan graph. I'll talk to you later, you know.
1: Thanks for listening.